Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined by my dad, Jack Brinker, and we talk about tech from various perspectives. So how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Did you see my picture just come up? Uh, no. Oh, I set a profile picture. <laughs> um, yeah, it hasn't popped up at this end right now. I don't see it. I say JB, so it does, I don't see a oh. profile picture. Okay, well, anyway, no big deal. Yeah. So, I don't, am, am I supposed to be able to see you? Um, only if I turn on my camera. You want me to turn on the camera so you can see me? Oh, not necessarily. I, uh, I, I guess, I I guess just, mine's off, too. Yeah, I just figure that the audio default has lower bandwidth, and so we're less likely to have dropout. Oh, that's okay. Well, and turn I, it off. I, I figure we don't need to see each other that much. You know, we know, we know what we look like. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know. Oh, there's uh, mine. Oh, I got mine yeah. On yeah, you got yours on. I just turned mine off. So, um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I mean, when you're Skyping, you know, and seeing family and having a get-together, it's nice to see each other's faces and stuff. But when you're doing it this way, uh, you know, and this is a little inside baseball as far as podcasting goes, but it's like, you know, to send the video signal takes extra bandwidth that, that you know, why spend it? We don't need it. We're not recording a video stream. I mean, some places, some some podcasts do, and so they have a video stream, and it's basically you know somebody sitting talking in a microphone. It's not like it's exciting stuff going on. So, um, yeah. Now, if you're if you've got multiple cameras, um, you can um, uh, do a uh, you know like if you're doing a how to like a cooking thing, you have a camera shooting down on your bowls and stuff. So you, then it makes more sense. You know, then it's more yeah. of a video podcast, but. Uh, um, you know, for 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 this kind of thing, I think that uh, we're fine just doing voice. Yep, yep. I think you're right. So, what you got on your mind today? Well, you had shared a thing about Apple's radical MacBook Pro should give Google nightmares. So, why don't you start the conversation? Well, uh, it's not just Google, uh, but. I was, it's interesting that uh, that article kind of focused on that, but I guess it's because, uh, you know, Google's domain that sort of competes with Apple is the Android phone and the, uh, and the um, uh, what are they, Chromebook. And the first thing is, is that I, I think, of course, uh, Chromebook uh, undercuts price considerably at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But that uh, it's obviously something that uh, is on Apple's mind is to make that competitive, at least get in the range right. so that they can be in that business as well. Yeah. Well, that's why they sell the $324 MacBook or um, I'm sorry, iPad is, you know, because there's those 200 and 299 more is more. I mean, $200 is there aren't many, but 299 for um for the little Google Chromebooks is a, um, you know, it, they've been selling a lot of those in a lot of schools because they're cheap. You know, yep. they're not they're not particularly durable, but they also allow for something that you can't do with an iPad without spending more money, and that is they have an attached keyboard, and certain tests require that you have an attached keyboard. They do not want wireless keyboards. You cannot use Bluetooth because Bluetooth. Um, 
they're they're presuming that somebody could intercept the signal and have somebody else answering questions for you as opposed to you actually taking the test yourself so some of the online testing through some of the testing places require that you have a physical keyboard attached to the device and uh, Apple came out with one but it it costs another hundred dollars so now you're at 424 as their entry point for the cheapest way to get a screen in a classroom you know yeah so um, but but, but App, Apple on their iPad does have a, a built-in keyboard. You know, it's on the screen, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. The people making the rules are people who are probably older and don't presume that that's an actual valid means of doing a lot of data entry. The kids who are using these things who've grown up with iPhones, yeah, they do all their data entry that way. They they really That's don't right. even want a real keyboard they would much rather just type on the screen they're like why on earth would you want to attach something to my to my tablet or to my phone you know that makes no sense at all to them yep unfortunately yeah. the but, rule makers aren't very well informed at times yeah they just aren't uh, up with how the world works you know it, the, the one thing i found an interesting assumption that this article makes is that the apple's um uh their MacBook Air or whatever they use as an Air replacement and their MacBook Pro will come in because the CPUs now are going to save them roughly $200 over buying Intel hardware, that they're now going to sell these things for about $200 less. And I think that's a bad assumption. Oh, I I think so too. There's no way that they're going to take their $1,000 device and say, well, we're going to sell it for $799 now just because it costs us less to make. They're going to go, hey, our profits just went way up. Guess what? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's what they're going to do. Why on earth? You know, because they're going to be coming out and saying, you know, you get better battery life and a faster computer at the same price. Why would they discount the price as well? There's no motivation for them to do that whatsoever. And and they fight against the the Chromebooks with the iPad. No, I I do think that Apple has taken another look at this economics optimization thing. And and the the payoff for that was just this last quarter's uh, outstanding earnings which were largely due to the uh, iPhone SE, which is the new low-cost model, which puts them in a whole new ballgame. Mm-hmm. And everybody assumed that selling that at that price, they had to cut margins. And I guess the joke was on them because Apple's didn't, the margins didn't go down much yeah. at all. <laughs> no, they didn't. So, so they're, they're smart about economics, and they know that, you, you know, uh, you can't just arbitrarily say, oh, I'm not going to do this or not going to do that. What you what you do is the economics game where you say, how many will I sell if it's priced at this point versus this point versus that point? Right. And say it's not just yeah. margin on one device. If you sell enough of them, man, you can you yeah. can have the margin go down a little bit. You know? Yeah, yeah. If my margin goes down, you know, five percent, but my sales goes up twenty five percent, I still win, right? That's and right. so, um, yeah, I think. And it, I mean, it's funny because I have a niece who has an Android phone, and uh, and her whole family has Android phones, and she has convinced her parents that the next time she gets a phone, it's going to be an iPhone, because she said that you know every time the her 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 sports team at school puts together a group to send messages she gets kicked out of the group because she's using sms and everybody else is using iMessage 
And so she yeah. just, you know, she goes, I, I feel like I'm, I'm literally cut out of my team because I don't get half the messages because everybody else on the team, all 20 girls plus the coach, all have iPhones. I'm the only one who doesn't. And I'm the outsider. And and she's just one example of that. You know, that the the the, the mind share for phones of of, you know, teenage kids is 100 uh, percent iPhone. Yeah. 100%. And and if you don't have one, you feel like you're the one that's left out. And the thing is, is a lot of people go, well, you know, that's terrible because there's a lot of families who can't afford an iPhone. Even if you don't buy the the 399 SE, which, by the way, it's you know, this is the SE2 now, right? The original SE did yeah, the same thing. Right. It was their number one selling phone for a long time as well. That one was based on the old iPhone 5S. Um, right. You know, form factor. Um but you can go buy a used one. Um, you know, I needed a phone. I had an old phone, I think an iPhone 6, uh, and I wanted a phone that I could use just for putting um, uh, pre-release versions of software on and play around with. I, I occasionally play around with some programming and stuff. And so, But I didn't want to put it on my primary phone because I don't want my primary phone running beta software and not working when I needed to use a phone, right? So I went right. online and I found a like one generation old or two generation old phone for like 70 bucks. It was $70. And, you know, yep. and it, I mean, it wasn't loaded with the most amount of storage space and stuff, but I didn't care. I just wanted something I could put the OS on. So I, you know, I got a 32 gigabyte. I think at the time it was an iPhone uh, 6S and I had an iPhone 7 and it was like right. $70 and it worked fine. I could take my yeah. uh, SIM out of my uh, my live phone and put it in that one if I wanted to use it as a phone. Otherwise, it was just basically a you know a Wi-Fi calling device. And uh, I found one of those um, companies that sells like uh, pay-as-you-go SIMs, and for eleven dollars yeah. a month, I could give it a phone number and use it if I wanted. Eleven dollars. I mean, you yeah. didn't get a lot of uh, minutes that way, but who cares? I w again, it was a testing machine, and it came in handy because my wife, you know, being a teacher. Uh, she had to call some parents, and when she was at school, she would use the school phone because she doesn't want to use her cell phone because she doesn't want everybody to have her cell number and start calling her at weird hours, right? So I said, well, right. here, use this phone. You know, it's off uh -huh. most of the time anyway. You know, and I never answer that phone. It's not – I don't use it as a phone. I use it as a as kind of a testing device. So use this phone to make phone calls. And she did, <laughs> you know, and it was like, great. Well, the danger in that is, is that there's – a lot of people who will save the number that they're called from and think that's the, a place they can call back to, you know? So people will make assumptions that, that it is a normal phone. Who cares? I, she's calling home to parents and, and, and they're not yeah. to, I mean, normally she would call from the school and that would end up getting to somebody, but if they call back there and they don't get an answer. I mean, who cares? They can then call the school and right. the school will then, you know, forward the call to her or, or, or send a message to her and she can call them back on a phone. You know, the idea being is you don't want them to save your cell phone number and now be able to call you at any time, day or night. Um, you can't keep them from doing that, though, is all I'm saying. Well, you can if you don't call them with the phone that, that, that you have on day or night. If you have a phone that's only turned on occasionally. That's that's kind of like my main my main phone. It, it very often I turn it off because I'm going to go to church or something, and then it didn't get turned on for two or three days. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed. So, so people notice after a while that hey, he must not have a phone. Poor guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
He must. Uh, you know what they probably think but, is that you pay by the uh, that you pay the the by month. You know the yeah. the pay as you go phones, and right. and the people who tend to do that are people who don't have a lot of money, and you couldn't afford your phone this month, so you just turn you know it's turned off until you can afford to turn it back on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I wish that instead of a button here, that Apple would let me say that when when I'm within a mile of the church, let's say, this thing goes mm -hmm. silent. You know, yeah, <laughs> the ringer. <laughs> well, you know, you can go in there and put, set up do not disturb times. And so you can say on Sundays between this time and this time, just do not disturb, and it won't—you won't get any calls or messy. It won't make any noise. I, I, I think you're right. I just haven't I, done it. Yeah, no, I know That's I'm right. That's probably the best way. I have mine to set up automatically, go into do not disturb mode in the evenings. But then I also turned on a function where if you get two calls uh, back to back from the same number, to let it come through. Of course, now I'm telling the world mm -hmm. this. Hmm. <laughs> that's uh, that, that, that's right. But that yeah, way, that, if it's—that's not foolproof. It's that way, you know, if, if, if it's an emergency, if somebody calls back. Um, but I also have it set up so that um, you can also set it up so that people who are in your favorites can ring through. So, right. like, I have it sitting next to my bed. So if I get a phone call in the middle of the night from a family member, it rings through because I've got all my family members in my favorites, um, you know. And, and then I will go, like, this better be emergency because you woke me up. <laughs> Like yeah. one of my sisters, whom whom shall remain unnamed, when she lived on the West Coast and I lived on the East Coast, called me at midnight her time. Now, remind you, oh, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on the East Coast, so it's 3 a.m. to say, I haven't been able to get hold of mom and dad. Do you know where they are? Now, you lived on the West Coast at the time. <laughs> yeah. To which I responded, I don't know. You're about 2,500 miles closer than I am. Why don't you just drive on over and ask? <laughs> and, and I think you guys had, you know, gone out or something and were late coming home or had, I don't know, you turned off your phone. Well, I don't know. You decided you weren't going to talk. <laughs> well, you know, Mom and I, having been full-time RVers and being just about anywhere you can name in the United States and maybe even Canada, uh, got used to the fact that before we ever called anyone, we said, well, let's see, what time is it there? Because, you know, we were pretty much always out of uh, the time zone of of one of you, whoever, you know. Which, yeah, so we had yeah. To... well, I mean, we we all live, you know, either in one of two time zones, one coast or the other now. So, you know, your right. family's spread around. So one or the other is going to be either too early or too late, depending on the time of day, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. But, well, it, was, but it was it's just something you got used to, you know, when you were moving time zones uh, on a fairly regular basis, you know. Yeah. So... Yeah, well, and, and when I lived on the East Coast, or I didn't actually live on the East Coast, I lived uh, outside of Pittsburgh, but I lived on the East Coast time zone. I was on the, right. you know, if I'd have gone any further west, I would have moved into the next time zone. But but uh, uh, where we lived, we were um, on Eastern time. And right. uh, everybody else in the family at that point in time lived on this coast. So nobody lived that coast. So, you know, I got used to sort of from that end going like, well, you know, I, I can't get up in the morning and talk to anybody because you're all still asleep. But after I got home from work, just before I went to bed was not a bad time to call. Of course, back in those days, it was the early days of cell phones and and you still were paying long distance. And so, you know, we called like on Sunday nights because Sunday right. nights after a certain time, my time, I got a late deal on what the cost was and and so i could call you and so funny you try to explain that to like my kids and they're like right you did, you did what 
You waited. Why? Yeah. Why on earth did you wait till Sunday nights to call people? That's that make any sense at all to me? Does not compute. <laughs> That's like, right. Yeah. You know that time, the time of day. They are changing, right? Yeah, the time of day and the day of the week. You got charged different rates for long distance, and so yeah, calling at uh, you know after nine o'clock on a Sunday night was cheap, and so we would call after nine o'clock, which would be like six o'clock, you guys' time. And then we could talk for a while and not go broke doing it. Yeah. Because, man, if you called during business hours during the week, the rates were three times what they were on the weekend. Well, uh, let me let me tell you about phone rates. When uh, mom and I were young and married and living in Hawaii uh, and not and not having much money, we you know, when you were born, uh, it was a rare thing that we finally got said well we'll we'll call home you know to let family know the good news uh but we paid mm-hmm. through the nose just to let people know that you had been born yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because oh, that was basically even though it was still in the u.s it was considered like an overseas call because literally you were calling over the ocean right well that's and, right that was special stuff i think it was i think it was satellite at the time it was one of the early satellite kind of things so you was did, it, have, or did they have cable did they run cables had they run cables under the ocean yet well, it was it. It probably was cable. Yeah, if you can think about it. I I don't recall, but for a while there, I think they had some satellite service. But people complained about uh-huh. the delay. Yeah, you know, 1962. So yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, yep. Yeah, but realize that when they did run cables or whether it was satellite, but if they they only had bandwidth for a certain number of calls. So there were times when you would try to make a call and you just get a fast busy because there was no available lines. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, sorry, we, you know, on, only 100 people in the entire uh, state of Hawaii can call out of the state at any given time because that's as many lines as we got. And, 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 you know, the funny thing about it, I don't know, but, you know, what the difference in price of a call anywhere in the world is today. But there's prob- probably most of the world, it's almost free, you know, I mean, normal. Yeah. Sim- and that's not rates. the case. Uh, the The calling between countries. Um, you know, like I think calling in the EU, it's treated as as one place. But like I know there are people here who have family in Mexico and South America and they still go at the at the grocery stores. You buy cards that give you a discounted rate to whatever country it is you want to call. Uh, and so yeah. you call an 800 number and then they'll it plays a tone and then you dial the number of who you want to call. And that way, then you go out through their um, their uh but- what I what I was thinking about Todd is that they just use internet phones. Well, you know? you're right, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if if they have access to it, why aren't you just you know? Of course, the person at the other end do they have internet? You know, and that's the thing, and they may not. You know, yeah, that's it's hard that's to believe, fun. but there are still places. I mean, there's a lot of obviously a lot of people have have phones, and I know a lot of kids at the school that I teach at. There's a lot of uh, Chinese nationals, and uh, and they do a whole bunch of texting back and forth using apps like um, uh, WeChat and stuff with family back in China, and and do video chats that way. But I think if you go down to South America and Mexico, there are still places where. You know, you call down to the drugstore, and then somebody at the drugstore uh, uh, hands the phone to your mom and dad, who knew that they were going to get a call on Sunday at a certain time, uh, yeah. and that's when they talk to you. I think there's still a good amount of that as well, just because not everybody has phones. You know. Well, did you see the uh, 60 Minutes last Sunday? 
or yesterday night? I don't night? watch 60 Minutes with regularity, so no. Oh, well, they had a thing on uh, education and talking about, you know, kids not having connectivity via Internet. Mm -hmm. And it, re it was really a good show and important for people to see to understand just how many places, and it's all over the country. It's not just out in the boondocks of New Mexico or Nevada, but it's virtually everywhere that mm -hmm. has circumstances where you cannot get Internet. Yeah. And, and the other thing that really uh, was surprising to me is the FCC uh, is uh, in charge of all of this, and what they declare is broadband still includes the old phone modem things that are improved now, of course, but a lot of people don't even have that. And for just simple reasons, like maybe they're the only house up the side of a mountain somewhere, and there's, you know, it costs thousands of dollars to build a wire or a line up to them. Right. Although they, although they do have electricity, but most uh, a lot of cases they have a generator or uh, solar or some yeah. other. If you're living thing. off the grid, then it's it's unlikely that you have internet. Although you can get uh, HughesNet satellite internet now. Yeah, you it's know, not what, cheap. What while I was watching that, it brought back to mind the uh, the fact that at, at back when. When we had the old telephone modem things, yeah. that there, there somebody had uh, set up a deal where you could uh, use your power lines for uh, internet, okay? And it was it was workable. You could buy systems. Yeah, it's still available. You can buy it on Amazon to use it as a Wi-Fi um, way to broadcast Wi-Fi throughout your house. Yeah, and and in fact, I made the statement at that point in time. I says, well, gee, now we can have national. Uh, uh, services all the federal government has, yeah. has to do is to talk to power companies and tell them that they have to provide since they've already got the infrastructure there electricity to just about everybody's mm -hmm. home uh, that they be able to carry at least this quality of internet yeah. available throughout the, the system and that would have solved a lot of things and of course they would have upgraded it and improved it more dramatically than they already have uh, just to be sure that people had better internet yeah, you know? to be honest, I'm actually really surprised that the um, that your, our local electric companies have not gotten into that game and uh, and um, you know provided internet because all you would have to do is you know you'd have to have the the internet connection at the at the one end of the uh, electric processing and then provide a box at the other end that people just plug into their outlet and then plug a cable into it or or a wi-fi antenna built into the box you just plug it into the wall um yeah and i don't know why they're not out competing with the at&t's and i mean especially because a lot of the electric companies are are, are um you know saying that they're having trouble you know yeah. making money um I, well, I'm any, just, any, anyway to, to show you some of the lack of intelligence of some of our reporters today at the end of the show they bring up 5g i was wondering if they were going to do that but of course there was no mention of the fact that 5g in order to have the advertised bandwidth that it's going to have is that you have to have an antenna almost a block away so you know that doesn't solve the problem at all because you still got to get the antenna out there somewhere right okay that's not correct, though, because 5G covers a, a variety of bandwidths and, and signals. And you can get 5G that's as fast as LTE is right now, which is faster than most people's Wi-Fi. 
and that can work just like LTE and and broadcast cool. over the course of uh, a mile, mile and a half. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm aware of that. That, that there are what five bands, I think. Yeah, and but but in order to get the ones that they always want to talk about, you know. So well, that that's get, yeah, but you don't need it, that. That's what I'm saying is no. that most people aren't going to use that speed and bandwidth anyway. Uh, right. And but you know what what the uh, what the five G proponents want is they want to replace Wi Fi. So you and I would no longer have control over the network in our house. We would just pay a fee and go directly onto the internet for each one of our devices. And that's the last thing I want because I've got a house full of you know items. Uh, 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 internet of things in my house. I probably have 50 things that attach to my internet. And the last thing on earth I want is to have to pay for 50 things to attach to 5G. Right. Uh, you know, I, I want a single 5G router that then uh, brings it in and lets me then distribute my Wi-Fi in my house the way I want. Um, yeah. You know, but I have a feeling that, you know, 10 years from now that the marketing power of the internet service providers is going to really hurt that you know there's going to be a lot of techies like you and me going uh-uh no no i want to control uh, I, the the wireless in my house and we'll keep it but it'll become more and more of a niche yeah. thing well it, you know it was really invented primarily for the smartphone that's what our mobile devices that's what it was invented for well that's it was it. to some extent but let's face it lte already answers that i think it was really invented the reason it was pushed is they want it to replace uh, wires to the home for a lot of people because it solves that problem that you were talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you have that house that's on the edge of a city uh, and up on a hill, nobody's ever going to run a wire up there for you to have Wi-Fi. So unless you can get one of those point-to-point -point microwave Wi-Fis, uh, which some places have, you know, there's point-to-point -point microwave televisions too in some cities where you can put a, a, a small dish on your on your house or an antenna on your house and point it at the source then you mm -hmm. have a line of sight connection and you can get pretty fast uh, connections that way. Or you have to go to a satellite, which is fast, but it has um, there's a, a lag because you're going up to space and back down. Um, you know, and so, I mean, there, there's options out there that are wireless to get Wi-Fi at your house, but they're not great solutions. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of uh, started with the discussion about, uh, how Apple uh, technology is impacting Google and didn't go very far before before we jumped way off the subject. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to kind of go back to that just a little bit. Uh, and I really wasn't very specific as to how they would, uh, let's just stay with Chromebook for a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, Chromebook is uh, probably the least expensive uh, uh, Intel chip that runs the standard instruction set. I forget what they, re what they refer to that as anymore. But anyway, uh, that's, that's what comes from being an Apple guy. I forget the terminology that goes with the... Okay, well, your assumption's wrong. Okay, the, you, you assume not, that Chromebooks are Intel-based. Some are. The majority of them are ARM-based. Oh, they are. Yeah, I shouldn't say but, the majority of them. A lot of them are ARM-based. Well, do, do they, they run the standard... Uh, uh, PC instruction set, though, right? No, 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 no. Oh. And 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 the reason that it doesn't matter is because basically all they do is they boot up and they run a Chrome browser, a Chromebook. Yeah. That's all it is. Is it just it, it's a computer that runs one app, 
Right. You know, and then they have some hooks in it to a bit, to allow you to store some things locally. And anything you store locally is also stored in the cloud. But but the default is everything is kept in the cloud. So right. the, the processor underneath is irrelevant because they, oh, okay. there is no writing to the processor. There's no programming for the processor. Everything is written to and programmed for the cloud. Okay. But, but nevertheless, the question is, is how powerful is the chip? How, you know, even though it's... They're weak. Uh, They're the cheapest you can get. That's that's what I thought. Yeah. And 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 that won't be the case with an Apple chip that's running uh, on a powered device. You know, now Chromebook isn't really a mobile device, right? Um, it's a mobile device as far as you've got uh, the ability to attach to internet somehow. Most wi of them are Wi-Fi only. Some of them have a um, uh, the ability to put a um, a uh, ISP chip in there like a phone. Yeah. A uh, what do they call those chips? I'm blanking on the name of them. Um, you uh, know what I'm talking about? Mo modem. Yeah, just but it's it's well they've got the modem, but it's the little uh, chip that, that you have to get from your service provider that allows you to talk to the to the cell network. But it's a cellular connection. So some uh -huh. have a cellular modem in them and allow you to to attach that way, and so you can then have connectivity wherever you take the thing. For the most part. Um, Although, as we've pointed out, that's not truly everywhere these days, but yeah, but it's a lot of places. So, in, anyway, uh, that's I, I was just thinking that in in a, a competition with uh, with Google, there, the first thing Apple's going to do is to significantly outperform them. That will be the number one goal: is that you got you can get things done and do more things faster uh, and uh, and at the same time probably can I'm thinking they'll have a, a switch so you can be a low power mobile device or a, a standalone device because they, they won't have a switch no, it'll, it'll automatically detect when it needs to be well, low power versus high power I, I didn't mean manual switch automatic oh, I, okay right Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We agree. So, uh, so you can get the best of both worlds, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and the and the other thing is that they'll have much better displays. Uh, I I suspect that Chromebook is some standard, so that everybody pretty much has the same uh, stuff, and it's it's probably low, mostly uh, low res lower resolution than Apple typically puts out there. Uh, which, if you spend much time with it, uh, your eyes are going to show the, the wear and tear. I had. I disagree with that. I, I, I mean, you maybe have a different opinion, but I have used the um, original MacBook that had the regular screen, and I have a 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro that has the, um, the Retina screen, and I go back and forth and don't have any issues. Um, I have two 27-inch monitors in front of me that are not high retina the screens. They're 1020 by... 1920 or whatever they're they're basically 1080p and and i sit here hours a day and don't have a problem with it at all uh, i think that that it's much ado about nothing in terms of of the how rough it is on your eyes it looks prettier the higher res looks nicer but i don't believe well, that it's that difficult to see well here's here's my comparison uh i had this 15 inch macbook pro from 2008 yeah i don't recall what the resolution on it was but uh, it was way before the, the, the high-res screens. Then I bought this 
basically 12 inch screen MacBook. Okay, right. with these with a super high res. Right. I much much preferred once I got used to my little MacBook. I, I still had my other one around, so I'd plug it in every once in a while and open it up and look at it. And I says, "Holy cow! I can't even see that stuff on the screen. It just was terrible." I, I was just mm -hmm. shocked. Was I so move back awful. and forth and haven't had an issue, but that's that's me. Um, but maybe it's my old eyes. I don't the, know. Nat natives. Well, I'm not the only one. I mean, you're not the only one. There's a lot of people who swear that the the high res screens are so much better that that can't imagine anybody would ever go back. And I look at them and go, meh, you know. And um, uh, but that's just me. Like I said, the the uh, MacBook Pro 15 inch late 2008 was a 1440 by 900 native resolution. Okay. And the MacBook, uh, the 12 inch Retina is a uh, 2304 by 1440. That's, that's double, but it doesn't sound it's that impressive. 20, yeah, it's 26 pixels per, or 226 pixels per inch versus, uh, wow, they don't even tell you how many pixels per inch the, um, the uh, other one was. Yeah. Well, anyway, it, it's so obvious to me that I just assume that it's that way for everybody, but it could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. Um, I, you know, I mean, I've got a background in art. I, I appreciate the way things look, and I don't disagree that it looks better. But I certainly don't find it so much better that it's, you know, I mean, essentially, it's kind of like going to almost like a 4K screen versus a, um, um, uh, a standard TV t TV screen and. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. I mean, I, it's better. Um, and then you were talking about the um, uh, um, Chromebook screens. Chromebooks, just like every other device, because they're made by Acer and HP and Samsung and Asus, um, they have the inexpensive ones that sell for, you know, 225 and and 299 And those have more standard resolution type screens, but those are... Even those are starting to get higher resolution screens just because that's what's being made now. Um, and so, you know, it's almost harder to buy a low res screen because the, the panel manufacturers aren't making them anymore. Um, yeah. And then, but, but they also have very high res screens. I mean, you can buy a, uh, an eight, $900 uh, Chromebook if you want a high end one with an aluminum body and a high end screen. The one thing that they also have on most of them now, uh, I shouldn't say most of them, on a lot of them, is the ability to, um, uh, they've got the, the, the 360 degree hinge so you can flip it all the way around and set it up TP style and it's touch screen on one side. Um, and you know, like here's one that's uh, an Acer. I'm just looking at a list of them on Amazon right now. Acer has one for 309 that's an 11.6 um, inch screen. Now I, do, I will say this, they are more iPad sized on the screens. They're uh, 11, 12 inch screens. That's kind of where they tend to, the sweet spot for Chromebooks. They're not 13 or, you know, they're not laptop size or full laptop size like we would think of a laptop. Yeah. Um, but between $250 and $300, they've got, uh, I don't know, I'm scrolling through, there's like six or seven of them to choose from, probably more than that, 10, if you keep scrolling down. <clears throat> um, you know, I mean, here's a Dell for $500 that's got, uh, um, you know, uh, a bigger screen on it. It's a 14-inch screen. But, um, 
The I, I'm also looking at these, and almost all of these that are listed here are either running the Intel Atom chip, which is their real small, low-power chip, or an uh, a um, or a cheap Celeron, or a uh, an AMD. Derivative. They're still making those Atom chips. Uh, whether yeah, and they're Boy, crappy that chips. A, that was a piece of junk. I, isn't that what they first came out with when they wanted to make those low-cost computers? I forgot what they called them now, but uh, yeah, they, the idea was that they were supposed to be a very low power chip so that you could run for a long period of time, but they're incredibly slow. Uh, yeah. But again, if all you're doing is running a browser, you don't need tons, right? And that's literally all these things do is run a browser. Hmm. You know, and and whether they call them the Atom chips or not, they have the N series chips that like the. Uh, N3450, and that's the new name for their for their low-end chips. Uh, and I'm looking at these, but um, most of them are Intel chipsets still on these. I think that's because they can do those uh, cheaper, and and if you go to one of the ones that is, because um, uh, they did have, they used to have some, but I don't see any right now, just scrolling through here, that ran off of the uh, AMD uh, chip. I think the issues with those were that they were so slow that they didn't work at all. And part of that is because Chrome as a um, as a browser is fairly resource intensive. In fact, anybody who uses Chrome, and I know there's a lot of them out there who use on on their Mac, will notice that your your uh, battery life goes down significantly if you're running Chrome as ver versus Safari um, because Chrome doesn't really care how much juice it takes so if you're if you're out using your your laptop on a battery here's a tip don't don't run chrome switch to safari when you're when you're unplugged because yeah. it it sucks power like there's no tomorrow um you know there's later the latest version of um of, so that uh, so that confirms my suspicion that it's a it's a, not a, a mobile device it's a it's a desktop device basically well, it's certainly an in-the-house device for most of them. But like I said, there are some that are larger. There are some that have cell modems in them. It just, you know, you can basically buy a Chromebook that does almost anything you want in terms of, like, you know, size and shape. And because they largely require um, Wi-Fi to function, that's an issue. But they have updated the Chrome OS so that you can now, um, uh, like, have access to the Google office locally okay. on your machine. So you can take it off and do something somewhere locally. You can save your data locally. And as soon as it attaches to Wi-Fi, then it will sync with your cloud as to what's there. Yeah. Let, let me suggest another feature that Apple has built into all of their machines now, which is the cloud backup, that if you don't use uh, an app or device or a document or whatever it is that you've got stored on your device, that it automatically ends up uh, uh, being just a link to the file up in the cloud so that the online memory is effectively infinite, uh, assuming you've paid for, you know, a couple terabytes of, of storage, you know, a $9, $10 a month charge or whatever it is, is their minimum. Uh, if, you, if you do that, then you've got lots of storage very inexpensively. Right. In, storage, uh, not I, memory. I mean, That's just right. to, to verify, at one point That's you said right. memory, and that puzzled me for a second. You were talking about just storage space, yes. Right, 
Right. But but in in a sense, what you have is your memory is a cache to the cloud. Right. Well, and that's something that Google has. I mean, they, most most of these Chromebooks come with 32 gigabyte of flash memory, and that's it. Because they really don't. You, you might keep some documents, the ones that you worked on most recently, local, but it's essentially a cloud device. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a Chromebook. I bought it specifically so I could play around with it and understand how all this stuff works. Um, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's interesting and it works well. I get why schools like them. Um. But uh, you know. They are not a great replacement for a real computer. They're an okay replacement. I mean, like if if I were uh, a, a parent who didn't have a lot of money to spend, we're sending a kid off to school, and they needed something to be able to type papers and stuff on um, for you know three hundred dollars or less, you can get a Chromebook that will do most of that. The flip side is that you could probably find a used. Uh, laptop, a used MacBook laptop that is mm -hmm. functional and is more functional for you than this, and you can certainly run a browser and still use all the online stuff if you wanted. But um, you'd be amazed at how many schools want you to to use the the Google um, uh, Office Suite. It's the default now um, for most places to turn in and create documents and do shared work they're designed really really well for doing shared work so everybody in business or in in education who says we're going to do a group project you know by default it's a group project you can go in and see when other people you can you know put it in a mode where you can see who typed what into the document and when the edits were made you can reject or well, keep it you know yeah. whoever creates it originally is the owner of the document they can pass ownership to somebody else if they want that person to take responsibility i mean it's you, it's you, you can do just about all of that in iwork stuff too but not nearly as elegantly That's and it doesn't always work and it's not free it's not free it comes with your computer what do you mean it's not free well, it's not free. You have to buy a $1,000 computer to access it. Oh, oh, yeah. But I'm just telling you that, that it's free with an Apple computer. The question is, is that we're, we're talking about computers that are going to get to be more competitive. Right. I, so I honestly think I honestly think you're, you're arguing a, a losing battle. I don't think that Apple has any intention of making their computers competitive with with uh, Chromebooks. I think their answer to Chromebooks is iPads. You can use iWork there. Or, um, you know, again, you don't get the choice of using which tool you want when you go to school. They tell you which one you have to use. And let, they're already saying use Google Docs. But those are all available on, on your iPad as well. Let me tell you this. Apple has been chomping at the bit ever since they started losing business to Chromebook. That is their target. They will win the game. You think so? I think so. I think you've got it all wrong. Apple wants kids especially. They've always, from the very get-go of the company, the market was to education and to kids. Apple computers got started that way. But and, I don't think it was a plan. I think that's where they got their foot in the door, and so they tried to expand on it. And I think that they feel like they've hooked kids with the iPhone, and so the natural motion there from the iPhone is to the iPad, and that's really where they want people to go. 
you know, they want you to use the laptop if you are a, um, uh, a they, creative they, or a programmer or, you know, that's their truck. And yeah, I think I, that's their, their thinking. Yeah. I don't think they're going to push the, I, the, the, the Mac into the schools because they're not willing to go down and battle the Chromebook feature for feature, price for price. Uh, they well, will with the iPad. I, 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 I think it'll be iOS because that's still easier to use. Right. Okay. And that's what I yeah. was saying. That's all. Then we're saying the same thing because I was. But, I, but, it'll be iPad. But, it, but it'll be iOS on a computer-like device. That's a possibility. That's, this. that's oh, a possibility. Oh, there. That's that's the purpose of the whole silicon. Everything runs off the same processor. Mm-hmm. But do you think I mean, that? I mean, they've already said that that the um, that the next version of Mac OS, when it's running on Apple Silicon, will be able to run uh, unaltered uh, iPhone and iPad apps directly on the device. They've said right. that. Do you yep. think that they're going to then come out with a device that looks like a Mac, but only runs iPad software? I don't see that happening. No, and they're not going to take the, and they're not going to take the Mac device and make but, and, and but, price it against but, a, a Chromebook. But but they don't have to say that. We know that anything that they make can run iPad stuff, and if and if if, it, if they think they're going to save some money by not putting that free software in there and make it work a different way to make it work easier, then they're going to do it. It 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 could very well be. Uh, yeah, but what is this device that? What is just just because it's got a keyboard and a screen? You know, that's just, that's like an iPad. What's the difference? Okay, I I don't disagree that there's no difference. I just don't see them selling. So you think they're going to sell a a, a key a keyboard iPad that that is going to be more uh, to to compete directly against the Chrome OS, but that won't run. Um, that won't run Mac OS because it's going to be a keyboard. Or you think it will? You think they're going to just take a Mac and make a cheap Mac? Uh, it 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 will run OS uh, OS X, or it'll run iOS. Okay, so it's, it's going to be like what they want. Okay, so it's, it's going to be it's going to be like the Macs that they've already announced. You just think that they're going to take one and compete against Chromebooks with that device? To, they're going to do whatever it takes to beat Chromebook. Believe me. They, now, I'll bet you it, it'll come in steps. There's always a matter of how do you get in the door, you know, from a marketing standpoint, to make this more attractive than something else. Right. But it, it might not be in one big fell swoop, you know. But yeah. it'll be in, a, in about two or three steps that they'll they'll have a, the device that will will be very competitive with Chromebook. Right. Well, they're, they're not going to sell because they're after minds of kids. That they're a business that looks long term. Well, certainly, okay. if you get kids, if you get somebody using something when they're a kid, and then as they grow up, they're going to be comfortable with that, and they want to buy something that works the same way. They're not going to want to change, and so they That's see right. that they're losing that that front end of stuff to Google right now. And I understand that they want that back, and the, and that the uh, idea of um, you know thus far what they've had to compete against it has been the iPad. I don't disagree that that. Um, a a device that has a keyboard but can still run iPad OS makes sense for them long term, and in fact, I think that the um, the little launch pad icon that you have on your Mac right now that gives you the icons that look like an iPad, you know, eventually that's going to be the interface. Um, you know, you'll click on that, and instead of seeing 
your Mac stuff, you'll see your Mac stuff and your iPad and iOS stuff there. You'll, you know, they'll be somehow it'll be designated as slightly different, so you'll be able to see what it is. But you'll be able mm -hmm. to run that, or maybe it won't even be designated as different because who cares, right? It's just that's an app you can run it. Right. Um, right. But I don't see them at least. Well, I just I don't see them doing it in the, in, in in a way that that makes a huge splash because they're not going to come in and sell it at two ninety nine against the Chromebooks. They might come in and sell no. it at four ninety nine and say, okay, we've gone cheaper. Here's a a smaller version, and you know, against the eleven point six inch Chromebooks because there's a bunch of them out there. They may try to yeah. make that twelve inch one again, but say we're going to sell that twelve inch one against chromebooks at a lower price and that you know that the 13 inch or 14 inch ones uh will be you know a yeah, higher the, price the, the competition will be us it, it'll be a gradual squeeze on on uh, mm -hmm. on on google okay uh wh whatever the pricing that currently mm -hmm. has for google with a certain capability they'll beat the capability for slightly more money yeah well, and okay. I can see them maybe saying, "Okay, at four ninety nine, we now have a a cheap Apple device that has a keyboard, and now that makes sense. Then that the iPad that we were selling for three twenty nine, we now sell for like three forty nine or two forty nine or two sixty nine, somewhere in there. So that you know now we have this in the same price range, better device, and you can attach a keyboard to it if you want. But if you want a full time keyboard, then you need to pay a little bit more to get the keyboard version." Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can see them having that range, um, you know, at some so, point. And, and anyway, that, that that to me, I you know, I, uh, of the Google devices, I don't see them caring at all about Android. I, I really don't. Uh, say that again. Android, I say I don't think that they're going to they worry being Apple? about Android at all. They've been facing Android already with the iPhone. And they just keep scraping off the the top end and and squeezing the profit margins for the the low end guys okay. uh, as time goes on. It'll be a gradual process. Okay, I but, didn't understand who but, you were talking about. You're saying Apple doesn't, and I think you're right. I think Apple has already already basically yeah. said we've staked out our territory. We've already beaten Android. Basically, is what yeah. I think. There is their opinion. Is like that's you know, right. People that's would right. They, you know people prefer iOS, and those who can afford it get it, and those who don't are buying cheaper stuff and we're not willing to sell our stuff cheaper and you can buy downline all the way to 399 for something brand new you know i mean i saw a, uh, a comparison between the 399 iphone se 2 against the top of the line samsung and yeah the, the samsung had a bigger screen had face detection and um and had a uh, slightly it had a couple cameras so it had a better camera system air quotes uh, other than that, the 399 SE beat the $1,000 Samsung phone in every test in terms of speed. Um, you got the continuity of using an Apple device uh, and the security of using an Apple device. It, it just, it was, it was, you know, unless you really, really had to have that big screen or had to have face detection. And quite frankly, face detection sucks in the time of COVID. I don't know about you, but I've gone to the grocery store with my list and I'm constantly having to put in my pin code because it won't open up when it looks at my face i'm missing my button i wish that i had the option for both a absolutely yeah i i i'm i even read an article somewhere where apple has recognized that and they're uh that's going to impact what they do yeah you know 
I, I don't know their answer. I mean, they just may get rid of the face detection altogether, or they may make uh, some other option. Right. For, I'd heard that I, they may do the fingerprint detector through the glass in yeah. addition to the face thing. So when you don't have your mask on, the face thing is going to work great, but you still have a fingerprint detector as a backup, either through the glass or through the power button on the side or something. But, yeah, right yeah, now it stinks. You're right. I I, I I have that problem every every time I go to the store. <laughs> yeah, so does everybody else across America. We're all going, dag nabbit. You know, and if you use that as your Apple Pay, you essentially have to take your mask off in front of everybody at the cash register just to pay. It's a pain. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they did in yeah. the la- latest release um, have it, if it doesn't recognize you, immediately gives you the option of logging in. So you don't, least, you don't have to wait for it anymore to log in. And, well, when, you go, and when you go to pay with Apple Pay, it, they, there's an immediate line at the bottom that you can tap that says uh, enter PIN code so you don't have to take off your mask to verify who you are. But, you know, it's just yeah. not the best yeah. solution. Well, or have a phone. I, I, you know, when I use Apple Pay, I'm sorry, watch. When I use right. Apple Pay, my watch is my vehicle for using doing that. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. I, I almost never think of using my watch. I probably should. Is that right? That's all I think of. I just, I don't think of using my phone. I'm not. I don't think I've ever used my phone for Apple Pay. I have my iPad now. I'm annoyed that more online systems don't take Apple Pay. But if they do, they're liable to get a bigger tip from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I find quite a few places will take it now. Uh, last time I got my hair cut, literally in California, they started locking things down again. And they said, tomorrow, you know, hair cutters will have to be locked down no more. Indoor. And so I went that evening. <laughs> I got an appointment. <laughs> I went that evening and got my hair cut. It said, cut yeah. my hair now before it's locked down. Because, you know, that first lockdown, I went you know, three and a half, four months without a haircut. So as soon as they opened up, I got a haircut. And then as soon as they were starting to shut down, I went out and got it cut again, probably sooner than I needed. But I also yeah. had them cut it shorter than I normally would. It's just, just cut it. You know, nobody's going to see yeah. me anyway. Well, uh, well, I, I was off the mark. We used to, when, when you were kids, mom always cut all our hair. We right. had this clipper around. And I said, what happened to our clipper? And neither one of us could figure out where it was or, you know, whether it was still out in the motor home or, yeah. whatever and it says what the heck I'll, we can't find it and I, i'm just going to order another one so i got online and of course they're all sold out right and so finally i said to hell with it i'm just going to order it and then they'll know that they need to get that because they got a sale whenever they can get it you know yeah and and so i got the one i wanted I, but and the that same day it arrived mom cut my hair because it was really <laughs> overgrown by then uh but uh it's yeah. it's just uh, handy to have that capability and of course mom having been a hairdresser before she knows what she's doing yeah it's helpful to have somebody who has the skill set because there's a lot of people out there who butchered themselves trying to cut their hair you know (laughs) they or their spouse and you know there is a skill there believe it or not and those people know what they're doing oh yeah oh don't ask me to cut your hair (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, you know, I'm surprised that we haven't seen uh, 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 more commercials. Remember the Flowbee, the thing that attached to your vacuum cleaner and sucked your hair, and you just kind of ran it over your head, and it would. <laughs> you know, that's right. That's you what focus they need. on on the wrong part here. The, the real the real skill is getting getting it done on so that the hair looks good. Yeah. You know? Not 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 that you don't have hair on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> that's like looking down on the floor while you're cutting to see if you're making a mess you know yeah yeah no i think the flow essentially was the uh, high-tech version of putting a bowl on your head 
But uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see. We I, I I thought we were going to also then talk about uh, other vendors that uh, that might be a attacked by uh, Apple's new technology here. Yeah. And I read I read an article uh, uh, about somebody I hadn't occurred to me, and now I can't remember. Right. Well, you know, there's there's been a lot of talk uh, about, you know, what they, they you know they're going to want to hit the ground strong with this uh, with their chips and make sure that, you know, we're going they're going to come out and say, you know, we're faster and we get better battery life, which is also going to be a, a strong value proposition when selling against just traditional PCs. Because as much as we think, you know, Chromebooks are, are taking over the world or, or we talked about, it sounds like it given what we talked about, the number one selling thing is PC laptops. That's what most people buy. Um, mm -hmm. They still outsell Macs as much as, you know, I love the Mac. It is still not the the majority of what people have to sit down and do mm -hmm. work. They have most people in most homes and in most workplaces work on a PC and uh, more and more of those are laptops. They're not even desktop computers of any kind. Um, and so people like Dell and HP and, uh, you know, Asus and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the Acer, those are the guys out there selling laptops. Uh, Lenovo still sells lots of laptops. Those are the guys that I think Apple's going to be able to go and say, well, you know that laptop that, that gets hot in your lap and runs for four or five hours? Uh, we've got one that'll go for 12 hours, never heats up, doesn't need a fan, and uh, and it's faster. Yeah. By, by the way, something just popped into my mind, as I know, and I wondered if you uh, read it and, and what your comment would be about it, and that is, uh, remember how cloud services... First AWS from uh, Amazon, and then, uh, or maybe that's Apple. I don't remember. AWS is Amazon. Amazon. It's Amazon. Yeah, and and, and and then of course Apple got in the business and uh, was trying to catch up, but uh, apparently, I mean, the stocks just totally flopped uh, on uh, Apple services from what they had been. The, the growth seems to have totally dropped off, and I guess maybe it's people not at work developing for the cloud and not looking for new applications or something i can't explain it uh but you know it it's basically new services or more storage or something i guess that was keeping them going but uh it's it's fallen off a cliff according to this article did you really? see that no yeah. in fact i heard the opposite that it's been continued to grow and it's now about six percent of their total uh income is the Apple services. And, uh, you know, uh, when Apple started doing a lot of their online stuff, they outsourced a lot of that. So you could be storing stuff in an iCloud, but the actual storage might end up being on uh, on AWS or, or uh, there's one that Google sells to, and I can't remember what theirs is called. And that, you know, Apple has been building a lot of these data centers so that they could then manage their own uh, storage. And that way they can control the security of it um, obviously that was an issue with with uh, china where they actually had to move some of their uh icloud to chinese owned companies because it had storage had to be held local within china according to the laws there and uh, apple caught some crap for that because you know now it's on somebody else's yeah. servers and so it's you know therefore vulnerable 
Um, yeah, well, uh, speaking of that, just the most recent thing is the TikTok deal. You know, Apple, for some reason, wants to get into that business, and uh, everybody recognizes it uh, as a spy system for China, you know? What do you mean uh, Apple wants to get into it? Microsoft is the one who's talking about buying TikTok. I, I heard Apple. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I said Apple meant Microsoft. Right. Microsoft is the one. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, understanding why Microsoft wants to get into that other than it's a popular social platform. Uh, and if they own it, I guess they assume that they can then make sure that it's not a Chinese front for the government. Well, and I, it didn't even sound like they were negotiating for ownership. It's like, you know, you kind of have the... Uh, the business in the in the uh, Western world or something, but we're not selling it. Yeah, it's like you license it and you can run it in these areas yeah. or something. Yeah, so but you're I, still I, running I, our code, which makes everybody incredibly nervous. Yeah, that that's the real issue. So I I don't know just what how they fit in the middle of that, but uh, it just seems strange for me that a business company of all things. You know, which is exactly where China would love to get in uh, on the machines that have business software. Uh, and that's that's Microsoft's whole world is business world, so uh, I think uh, they should be prevented from it. Even you know, get the FCC in there and tell them to go away. Yeah, I I, I didn't understand Microsoft's interest in TikTok at all. I don't, and and um, I mean, we'll see what plays out. They said that they would have you know by the fifteenth of September they would have it figured out. And as a result, Trump has said, "Okay, we'll postpone the blocking of TikTok in the United States uh, for 45 days, basically till then. And, you know, if 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 Microsoft takes it, then then theoretically it's going to still be allowed. But if Microsoft doesn't, then then Trump has said we're not going to allow a spy platform to be promulgated throughout the United States. Oh, did you hear what Feinstein, your wonderful senator, said the other day? Yesterday, my I guess senator. it was. Huh? She was talking about how wonderful China is, and I forgot the key word, that they're uh, uh, reputable or something like that. It's like, boy, she, she tipped the apple cart for Biden, and, the, the, you know, anybody thinking about voting for him has got to say, well, do we really want to be friendly with that friendly with China? It's like she didn't recognize that they did anything wrong. Uh, it just seemed really a bad thing for her to say yeah. with Biden. Her language to... was uh, China, Ch Diane Feinstein lauds China as a respectable nation. That's it, respectable, respectable. Yeah. <laughs> or she said they're growing into a respectable nation. Was her? Oh, was her? Oh, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kill a few less people, right? Yeah. Ask ask the Uyghurs <laughs> how respectable China is. Yeah, I. I'm I'm not a fan and have never been, um, but you know, the whole state gets yeah. to elect people. They don't they don't ask me who gets to be in charge. So, um, <laughs> such is life, right? Yeah. If they just all put me in charge. We'd be fine. I'd get yeah. bored with. I'd get bored with it. I don't want to be in charge. The, um, yeah, I you know. You know, but I mean, you say that, but then Trump also came out and, and basically um, the Jeffrey Epstein woman, what's her name, um, when she got arrested, oh. he like says, yeah, well, she's a fine lady. I wish her well. You know, she got arrested for, for running a child prostitution. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm like, really? That's what you're going to say about this woman? She's a and fine lady even, and you wish her well? And, and it wasn't even solicited. 
You know? Right. Yeah. Nobody asked him to say anything. <laughs> Just keep your mouth shut. You know why he didn't keep his mouth shut? Because he doesn't know how to do that. That's right. He's That's like right. he's like the scorpion on top of the toad swimming across the lake. You know, he says, "I can't help it. It's my nature. I I will yeah. sting you and kill you, frog, because because uh, that's my nature. And and even if it's not to my benefit, I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, with regard to his comment about the uh, election potentially being a disaster, I think it will be. I, I'm becoming convinced that it will be, and for a number of reasons. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the post office being part of it, they're already, uh, it, you know, have had all kinds of screw ups not that long ago. Uh, and I forgot what the deal was when. Okay, let me just old, ask you this. And, and, and then and then I don't want to we don't want to, you know, this, we're, this isn't a pol- political podcast. So I don't want to go too far into the politics. But yeah. in the same text, he says mail in voting is bad. It's going to be wrapped with all kinds of horrible things. But absentee voting is good. Well, now, is that not saying your right hand is bad and your left hand is good? They're the same damn thing. Well, the 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 idea of absentee is that you've got to have a reason. And there aren't that many that many people potentially Mm -hmm. uh, that can qualify for absentee. If you don't have to be, you know, if you're not absent from your home, you're going to be mailing it from some other address somewhere. This is this was meant for soldiers and military people that get transferred away from home and therefore they have to have that to vote that was the intention of that and so that automatically limits it to a small segment of the population other otherwise procedurally you're correct there's there's no difference uh other than it does go through some government post offices also by absentee which is a certain amount of protection but by and large tell me uh, in, a, in a list of ways that what what anyone's doing to make those uh, as secure as if you went to the voting place, the, the mail-in type of voting. And okay. The, right the, right now, I think your assumption is wrong. Right now, 34 states allow absentee voting with no re- requirements. You just okay, asked for I, it. 34 states. And that's been the case now for a while. It's It's not like it's um, was only there for um, uh, a reason, you know, and a lot of uh, handicapped people have used it in the past as well. But they allow yeah. people to do it because it allows them more time to consider their choices as opposed to standing in a booth with a bunch of people lined up behind them feeling rushed. And there are a lot of people yeah. who feel more comfortable sitting down, reading through the material, and making an informed decision. Well, uh, do you know what the, the procedures are for securing those ballots? What are they doing in each of those states? None, there's no standard for it, is there? No, because states get the right to run their their vote their elections the way they choose. It's not a federal deal; it's a state deal. And so each yeah. state has it. In some places, um, it's uh, a mail-in vote. In in I, I can't speak for every state. In California, if you absentee vote, you can still take your ballot and insert it into a ballot box at any polling location. Um, you know, I mean. Frankly, I mean, I have issues with voting. I'm one of those people, and this is this is. It, it sounds contradictory because the idea of of no excuse absentee voting is something that that seems to be supported by liberals and 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 opposed by um, uh, conservatives right now. I consider myself mostly conservative, but sort of middle middle of the road conservative. Um, I feel 
that everybody should have to be a uh, that you should have a uh, actual like registration card national registration card and that you should use that card and you have to you know check your id when you when you put in your vote i mean they say they do they do that stuff after the fact that they verify votes after the fact but essentially you can go and vote anywhere just say my name is blah 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 they'll look your name up on a list and you just put your initials next to it you could pick you know common names and go vote 15 times in just about any state and to me that's right and to me, that's ridiculous that they're, that's, the way we run elections with almost and and that's not a state thing. That's everywhere. It's it's anybody could vote. And you can't tell me that we don't have voter fraud rampant all over the place. You know, the, the old joke about in Chicago, it's like, well, District 25 hasn't come in yet because we haven't finished uh, uh, the, the guys who the, was it the people who live at the in the um, in the uh, uh, burial ground haven't finished voting yet. And, yeah, you know, right. I mean, it's it. You know, the guys are out there writing down names of people who passed, and just like, yeah, they, they're not done voting. Um, yeah. It, yeah, there there is no security with that. So here is something that's supposed to be so important, and everybody says, "Man, I've got to have my right to vote." Well, do you think that may, really matters if there's a lot of people cheating so that your vote is diluted? Yeah. No. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I think so. I think we have voting issues all the way around that I would like to see fixed. I don't think that voting by mail is any worse than anything we're doing right now anyway. So in the time of covid, I think voting by mail makes perfect sense. And and it's and it's absolutely no worse or no no more prone to fraud than people showing up and marking a box, a piece of paper and sticking it in a box. Well, is my opinion. In fact, my opinion is that it's not the voting that you have to worry about. It's the people who are counting you have to worry about that. That's where more fraud happens than anywhere else. Right. Right. You know, and and that's done by that's done almost almost by law. You know, well, we can accept this one, but we can't accept that one because of this obscure thing saying, well, this one had a bent corner on that. You know, it's like all the baloney they had when they were counting hanging chads. Well, this chad counts and that chad doesn't count because, you know. Let, let me tell you the other one, and that has to do with the post office. You, you know, they say if you're postmarked by such and such a date, well, there's people who stay, have stamps that can postmark, you know, pre, pre-market as well, too. You know, just have to have mm-hmm. the stamp. Yeah, the, so, the stamps that they have at business that, that postmark things when they go out is a different stamp than the one that's used by the post office. Um, I, and the only reason I know this is because uh, there, once upon a time when I did entries for swim meets, they had to be mailed in and postmarked by a certain date. And they would not accept postmarks that were not official postal uh, stamp, or postal marks. And so you have to go to the post office. Now, that said, the people who work at the post office are just people. And I absolutely know this for a fact, too, and I'm not going to try to rat anybody out. I had a member on my swim team whose mother worked at the local post office. There was a time when I missed a deadline, and I brought the thing in at 2 a.m. because she worked overnight. And she said, just call me any time if you need it postmarked if you missed the deadline or something. And she stamped it for me. She postmarked it, postdated it for me Yeah. at the post office. Well, so fraud well, can and, happen. And, 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 and those postmarked things can very be be counterfeited they're just mechanical devices they are just like a dollar bill can be counterfeited but here's yeah. the other point then who cares why does everybody have to vote within a period of, uh, of a day that doesn't make sense to me either and why aren't we just giving everybody the day off to go vote if it's that important why isn't everybody just say take the day off go vote it's required by law instead of ah you do it if you feel like it you know what that would be the census we wouldn't have to do the census if we required everybody to vote yep 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's people want to make it all sound like really important that you go do these things, and then when it comes down to the details of of how it's going to be done, you say, "Oh my God, you can't you can't have such a crappy system." You know, yeah. in this country and the technology we've got these days. Why aren't we doing it right? No kidding. It's ridiculous. The, the, our election system, I wouldn't trust to vote for a, for an ASB president in a high school, uh, yeah. m- much less, um, you know, the president and, and senators and representatives. It's it's an absolute flipping mess. And, you know, it's I get that, that, you know, the way we're set up legally is each state gets to make up their own rules. But it disappoints me beyond belief how badly it's handled by all the states. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't think we can fix it. The politicians don't, probably don't want it fixed. Oh no, they don't want to fix because they can't manipulate it if we fix it. Yeah. Then so you actually have that, to win. That, that, that's why Trump is right. The fix is in, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> somebody's but somebody's fixed. But it's know? always been the fixes in. It's yeah. always been the fixes in. You know, to some extent. Um, I think that the general trends that of the election are probably pretty accurate, though. But the other thing that I think, and I've been saying this for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, like as sure as Hillary was going to win, right? Well, that's not the election. I think the election, the trends of the election show that Trump won, and I think that's right. What what I was going to say, though, is I think that the the polls are notoriously bad. And I think that that is largely because a lot of the conservative, um, um, uh, I want to say, well, I don't want to the, say redneck, the, but the conserv- there's a lot of conservative voters who, if a pollster calls them on the phone, they hang up. If a pollster stops them coming out of Walmart, they walk past them. They look at it and go, like, I'm not going to talk to you. I don't even want to be involved with you. You're a liar and a cheat. And it's a why on earth would I deal with a pollster? Um, you're all liberal biased anyway. I don't want to talk to you. And so well, I don't, I don't or, think that they show up on the polls at all, which is why the polls are crap. Yeah, or, or they will just tell them the opposite. They'll say, oh, yeah, I'm... You know, oh yeah, yeah. The other guy, right? You're right. They'll game them. They'll totally game them, because yeah, yeah they just they're like, I'll show and, and you. Y- and yet, that's all you hear about up to the time of the election is the polls, polls, polls. I know, and they're. I mean, uh, the, I don't think the pollsters learned anything. They were all completely wrong in all of the um, uh, uh, primaries for the Republicans in 2016, 2015, 2016. They were wrong. They were wrong in the in the in the actual uh, election. They they completely misjudged. And and what it is, is they won't see or won't be willing to admit that there is a whole swath of Americans who do not. Do not play their game that just do not, you know, or or like you said, if they decide to play their game, they totally game it and just go, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 voting for, you know, uh, Coke over Pepsi. And, uh, yeah. you know, and it's it, it's just it's ridiculous. The poll and, and yet the news agencies still keep running all these polls. And and, you know, I've, I've seen no evidence of them being accurate in any way, shape or form. Um, even the ones that are run by conservative think tanks and conservative, you know, like Fox News. Those are no accurate because either the same people who don't take polls don't pay any attention to those polls because they don't care because they don't they don't care who's running the poll. They just don't they won't do polls or. They have the same bias in reverse, which is yep. the the if if they if somebody says yeah would you take a minute to do this Fox News poll there's a bunch of liberals who go nope, and there's a bunch of conservatives who go oh it's Fox okay well I'll probably do that one, you know, 
But yep. then, but if they don't tell you who it is, there's a whole bunch of people who just say, I'm not talking to you. I just bought yep. my groceries. I got to get home. My ice cream's going to melt. I don't want to talk to you. Right. And, and the <laughs> only good thing to say to those guys is, don't you know that we have secret ballot? You got that word secret? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to talk to you Why about who you I vote for. Why are you trying to pry into secrets? What's yeah. wrong with you? I don't have to tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> You know, yeah. And if I do tell you what I'm going to do, I may actually do something else just because. Just right. because. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, we went way off on a tangent on a bunch of political stuff that have nothing to do with tech. So for those who are hoping to hear more tech, I apologize. Uh, we kind of went on to weird rantness there, and I probably shared more about my... my uh, <laughs> political distaste than than I should have but uh you know you get what you get right so yeah it's um, the news of the day huh it is unfortunately <laughs> you know um so anyhow um why don't we wrap it up and we'll be back again next monday okay Sound like a plan? Sounds so good thanks for joining us on gen tech uh that's generation tech Dot online if you want to go find us and download us you can also search for us on uh, itunes or the apple ipod app or any ipod app that you like using we appreciate you listening in okay are we off there no the music's still playing oh <laughs>